Going once, going twice, sold. You're listening to The Property Pod, an accessible and easy way to get into or help understand the goings-on of the property market. Join Aaron, John and Pat as they discuss all things real estate, most likely get sidetracked and then try and rein it all back in as they present The Property Pod. That's right. We're back with the Property Pod. Welcome and thank you for listening. Uh, my name's Aaron Horn. I'm the head of media here at 414 Media House and I've got the Property Pod team. We're on deck. We're ready to rock and roll. We've got Patrick Berry and John McGregor. How are we, boys? G'day, gentlemen. I'm feeling all right. I hit the, got back into that routine of uh, actually going to the gym and exercising. Oh, I've heard about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, well, a, it's a foreign human, concept. Human exercising. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. Enlighten me. <laughs> I don't like it, but I, I'm going to be okay. Normally, every time I've done this by doing early starts, I hit about 10 o'clock and then I'm just falling asleep. Just having naps on your yeah, desk. Just, <laughs> so let's just see how this goes. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. if late in, late in yeah, the episode, yeah, yeah. John just, I'm just gone. dips away. Yeah, yeah. You just hear this big mic. Dunk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. I hope that happens. Yeah. <laughs> so you've been out busting some gains. Yeah, yeah. Me and a mate, Sam Hardy. Yeah. Um, we've got basically day, it was day two. So it's going to be a long, long road ahead. That's about all I got. Yeah, excellent. Um, uh, just on a, a quick catch up from the previous episode, did your boy Killer, did he listen? He did. Yep. James Sherman it is. I thought. Oh, the Shermanator. It is, yeah. I, I wonder how that came about for no reason. We're just having a chat on Facebook and then I just felt like calling him Killer. And I just found it hilarious. And it just stuck. It just well, it just stuck for me and him. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else. No one else. <laughs> so everybody else out there, killer means nothing to it them. It means absolutely nothing. And oh, it doesn't sure it, that. and it doesn't actually mean anything either. It was just I thought it was hilarious in the moment. Well, yeah. Cool. Well, killer, this one's for you. Well last <laughs> week was for you and yeah, now it's this for, week's now for us. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hit us up with your uh, dilios, Pat. What's been happening in your world? No, oh, not a lot. Just excited to be back on the mics, to be honest. Mm. Do you guys know what um, number episode we're up to? I think we're in double digits. We hit double digits today. One zero. One zero, baby. Yeah. Double digits in just over two months or just under two months. Well, we've, yeah, so, so we've planned on a week by week basis, but we've got excited on a few weeks and added a few extra episodes oh. in there. So this mm. week we actually had a double drop. Just really hard when mm. you get such good content. You don't want to sit on your hands. With what, are you, what, what are you going to do? Genius, you know, just got just to get it out there. <laughs> Well, it was actually really fun, kind yeah. of, we did the interview with Andrew Leggett and just sitting on it and being like, oh, I actually really enjoyed recording that one with Andrew. So thank you, Andrew, for coming in. But yeah, yeah, having that definitely. sitting there, just burning a hole in the pocket, I was just like, bugger it, let's oh, just drop it. it. Out there. So we're upgrading to every 48 hours, new episode drops. Mate, I'm here to record. If you want to, <laughs> if you've got the content, I'm happy to be the producer. Well, the good, what was, was that cricket's noise? <laughs> actually, no, I, do, no, I like the other one. Do, no, no, no. Yeah. That'll play anyway. It was a good time to drop to release it because that email from the lady who reached out to us before, that was just perfect timing for Andrew to cover off what we do from day one to day zero because remember her situation? Yeah, was, yeah. The, um, um, she was studying and working up at Launceston yep. and what is the best option? How does she get started? So It'd um, be interesting to know if she has listened to that and if she is still listening to the to the property pod, get yep. back in contact with us and, and tell us if we helped or not. Yep. And we could email her with the episode just in case. <laughs> no. Oh, it's not like it's a one-way thing. Yeah. No, it's a two-way <laughs> street. <laughs> All right. Yeah, true that. All right, I'll pay that. So how do we feel about 10 episodes in the in the can? I'm actually really proud of what we've done. Yeah? Yeah, yep, absolutely. Because the – I mean, what what's the normal um, failure rate? Less than six. 
for most podcasts. I think 13 to the death number, isn't it, Pat? So double six. Double six. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 13 to death drop, John. So we're okay. still not quite there, but I think we're doing all right. Mm. Not too worried yet. We've already got the next couple of shows prepped and ready to go. So next week should be a good one as well. So mm. we should be cruising. No, I'm, I'm, I'm really proud. It was, it's cool too that I just get to rock up and start recording. You guys did all the hard work setting up. Oh, uh, no, but you know what I'm really proud about today <laughs> is that today's show has been designed all by the man himself, John McGregor. He has, yeah. Uh, Look, he brought in a guest last week. Yep. He's prepped this episode. You went and bought a travel kit. Yep, you kind of prepped. Six. Yep. You've prepared us for if we ever hit the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, w- what have you done with the real John McGregor? Like I said, he's going, going, but he hasn't quite gone yet. We'll just see. see. I put the sign out the door, bought the coffees. Yeah. <laughs> and he's been to the John. gym. And I've been to the gym. <laughs> yeah, this is not our John. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to change up my signature as well. This is just... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, happy with everything so far. It's been real fun hanging out with you guys every week. So, Well, we did it already, but now we're just doing it in front of microphones. And I did read a thing the other day that said the job of the interviewer in a podcast is to make the guests forget that the microphones are there. Oh, yeah. So you've got to be accommodating and and welcoming and just basically keep the conversation flowing, Mm. which we've never had a problem flowing conversations. It's hard to forget the mics are there, though, when they're right in your face. (laughs) Yeah, well, you, you went and bought the kit, mate. You've got the big ones. You could have got the little <laughs> ones with the, the tiny thing. John's says fits in his pocket. His yeah, new exactly. travel kit, which I think you're planning on taking overseas soon. Yeah, if it arrives in time and John will let me borrow it, uh, heading over to uh, America for a conference. And I've actually lined up a couple of speakers that I'm going to interview while I'm over there. So it should be good fun. Yeah, that's really cool. And that was our friend Sarah Bell from previous episodes. It was. Got you some hookups. She did. She has uh, put out the olive branch and uh, connection to a couple of friends that she has. So it's been really good. They've contacted via email. So, yeah, going to go get some content over there and bring mm. it back for the show, which would be good. The most part I'm excited about is building a um, a carry case, just like you're a secret agent or something like that, wow. so everything has its place. John and I are basically You guys the are case <laughs> buddies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just sexy. John, just, yeah. I love a good case for all the camera gear. Yeah, yeah. He freaking it's hates it. Really? <laughs> whenever, whenever... It's got I, its place. It's whenever like, I put it to Pat, like, let's buy something new... If it's got a case, I know I'm in with the flint. Like, I right. just will literally be like, hey, Pat, uh, I've got this camera I really want to buy and it comes with a Pelican case and it's got foam in it. <laughs> yeah. And you know why I like it, John? Because everything has its place exactly. and you can't lose it. And he doesn't use the cases. Oh, man, I can't find this. Well, if, if it's not in its, like, its slot, yeah, it's, it's, like, it's not there. Slot. Yeah, here, it's like, the where house. is it? <laughs> doesn't work that way. There must be side. something to do with real estate minds and the creative <laughs> yeah. of on the other side of the desk because we're just like playing hard and loose, baby, hard and <laughs> just, loose. Just caution to the wind. Exactly, just yeah. throw it out there. Yeah. You just adapt, da- adapt on the fly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's uh, let's skip out to an ad and we will then come back and, and deep dive into some of Johnny Mac's uh, territory. He's the master today. Might actually cool. talk some real estate. Yeah. Oh, what's that? Yeah. Go figure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As a family-run business, First National Real Estate McGregor understands that the property market can be stressful. However, with a strong team in both sales and rentals, we are here to guide you through the property maze. Find out more today at McGregorFN.com. All right, so let's throw this over to J-Mac because he's come up with uh, the deep dive for today's little uh, episode 10. He's kind of the, the king of... 
Uh, I've got written on my run sheet the different kind of process. What does that mean, my friend? Doesn't sound exciting when you put it that way, does it? I couldn't think of a, a nice. Uh, I couldn't even think of a creative title either. For the it's because everything's in its place. If you just want to throw it over this way, so I'll come this, up with something I mean, good. How's this for a title to engage new listeners? Selling types and understanding the advertising price. Well, you know what I really like straight away. Mm. Anyone that's listening now was in- intrigued enough by your heading to click on it. Ah, that's <laughs> so if they got to this yeah, part, then yeah, your heading yeah, worked. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Why I thought this might be an interesting one to cover is a mate of mine, and I'm sure you get the same, Pat, he called up and he was asking about negotiating a commercial deal. He wanted to see, look, you know, what, what's happening here? What does this mean? If I'm making an offer, what does that do? Yep. And that whole bit of negotiation is a whole other, you know, another episode for us. But what I thought would be worth covering is actually the different kind of process that, now what I mean by that is selling by auction, private treaty, and I'm sure... Oh, okay, yep, not just your stock standard, I've got a contract, let's sign it. Yep. It's kind of, let's play a game called auctioneering. Well, the other part too, though, is that that expands into all the different kinds of advertising price. So you do fixed price offers over buy inquiry range, offers around. Oh, it's all those funny data. letters that we put but at the start of prices what? that people actually don't know what they mean. Exactly right. But yeah. we know. So yeah, that's yeah. What matters. Well, we think we know what we're doing. <laughs> uh, um, so I'm going to do some learning today. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Well, yeah. If, 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 if you can keep me on track, because when I was trying to build some notes in this, I realised every little thing just pulls it, you know, you pull a thread and it opens up a bowl of yarn, you know, like. Oh, so we could have like little spin-off episodes from here. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. But so if you're looking to purchase a home, if you're in Hobart, the most common one you're going to see obviously is a property with an advertised price. Now, we won't get into what all those are, but what that is, that's a... Um, well, we are. It's segment three. Segment three. Right, not right in this, in this <laughs> moment. Um, so that would be a... Stop pro- steamrolling, Pat. <laughs> this is John's episode. <laughs> Well, yeah, at least if, if I get boring, you know, you can just interject with something. <laughs> so then then, uh, then the other one is, um, so what's most commonly thought of when selling real estate or buying real estate is the auction. So yep. in Tasmania... Oh, I like the block. That's it. Exactly like the block. Um, so but then... So, sorry, I'm, I'm going to steamroll here. Over in Victoria, isn't it majority houses in Melbourne and stuff are sold via auction? Or like this, that could be a ridiculous stat, but... I was over there recently talking to some friends and they were just like, oh, we're at the auction and we just kept getting outbid. And I was just like, oh, that doesn't seem to happen in Hobart. Because we don't really do auctions. Okay, yes. Yeah, that's yep. that's where my question was going. So there's not that many auctions in the market that you guys work in. No. But no. that's something that if you were to work in the market in Victoria, you'd in, have to be in the, yeah, right on top of. In New South Wales and the Sydney and the Melbourne markets, yep. uh, absolutely. And then it, then it goes out the further in different regions. Again, the, the cult, they'll often talk about an auction culture. Yep. So even in New Zealand, um, it was many uh, quite a number of years ago, I was speaking to a, an, an agent and a guy from the, the institute board there. New Zealand for a long time was pretty much exclusively private treaty like Hobart was, but then it ended up becoming a number of agents who were really passionate about the auction process started engaging that with their clients and slowly but surely um, New Zealand transformed in that now it's um, you've got these competitions <coughs> called, um, you know, the, uh, the auctioneering competitions in yep. New Zealand uh, versus Australia, the Australasian um, auction competitions, and New Zealand just like smashes out the, some of the best auctioneers there are. Oh, so it's like Ninja Warrior but for, for auctioneers. auctioneering. Yep. Oh, yep. wow. It's, really, it's actually really cool to watch. Um, I don't know. I was going to ask where that cricket noise was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, so when, I was do- when we were doing training, there was the, w- if, if you go to the uh, stock auctions, you hear the guys going, hip, 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 Yep. So then, and then you go to the real estate auctions, and you hear you'll hear them going, you know, at four hundred thousand, is that two to fifty? Like it slows down a bit. But the one that I liked the most was the third auction, which was the ones that like private auction houses for. Oh, uh, like I'm buying a giant 
painting or watch. Yeah, or like, really like yeah, the really exclusive stuff. Ah, so like when Elvis's last sandwich went up for sale. Yeah, so then in, in ever, you know auctioning Elvis's last sandwich, there's just a guy sitting there. Everything's all like really quiet, and there's you know timber around, and the guy's just like, fourteen million, <laughs> fifteen million, sixteen million, sixteen million, sold. <laughs> you know, it's like, and, and the sandwich yeah, is gone. And the sandwich is gone. It's like the the cultural difference between the style, the different auctions is yep. amazing. And the definition describes an auction as a public sale in which goods or property are sold to the highest bidder. Okay, okay. yeah, that's so pretty easy to understand. Yep, yep, I so get be that. it that property or any kind of style. Show us there, Pat. Pat, <laughs> Pat. <laughs> his own private show notes. Yeah. Oh, he's got private show notes. <laughs> Not on air. Oh, so well, we admittedly, the only thing that I've got in there was the def- the dictionary <laughs> definition of the terms. <laughs> so don't, I wouldn't worry about that too much. For all those at home, Pat's literally got out of his chair, like eked around in kind of a, a inquisitive way and just been like, what the hell's going on over here? Aaron and I are looking at one set of show notes and he's uh, reading ad- something. Admittedly, though... I wanted to lo- upload it onto Google Docs, but I didn't have permission. <laughs> yeah, I was locked out. <laughs> All right, we'll let you go this time. Well, so where the auction is, it's, it's a much more transparent process and then it's just property goes up, everyone bids and then you ha- fall, yep. falls under the hammer. Okay, so where then the terms it would generally find in an auction process in Australia is that there's three phases of a, an auction. There's the before, so the, the often there'll be the option to purchase the property before. There'll be on the on the day, like under the hammer, yep. or then after the auction finishes under the hammer, what's known as passed in, so it doesn't actually sell, it will then normally reconvert to a private treaty and merge into like a normal advertised price. Yep. Just so before we continue on this track, I'm looking at the word private treaty on my um, on my show notes, which I was provided with. Can you just summarise that for me? Do you have a definition? On the dictionary definition? Yeah, that yep. would be super. So it says, uh, private treaty is the agreement for sale of a property at a price negotiated directly between the vendor and the purchaser or their agents. Oh, okay. Which is what most of what ours are in Hobart. That's it, yeah. yeah. So that's where, re- very simple scenario, the owner will go into a selling agreement with the agency, the agency will list the property for sale at, a, at an advertised price, then they'll negotiate with a buyer, price will be agreed to, contracts are drawn up and the, and the property's sold. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, when you purchased yours, Aaron, for example, that was a you know, private, private treaty. treaty. You just, whereas in, in, in the auction scenario, you'll have you'll see the field open, you'll be bidding against different people. Yeah, for sure. Yep, no, uh, I just wanted to clarify that because I, I was just looking at it and all I could think of was the Yothu Yindi song and I was like, oh, I wonder if that's got anything to do yeah, with exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. Which I think clearly it does, like the treaty... That kind of all makes sense when you. Like what a, like what a track! Yeah, absolute yeah. banger. Oh, it is a banger track. The start of that song I love. Mm. Then it sort of fizzles out a bit. And then I, I don't know. It's there cool. was a remix just I think last year with the uh, Baker Boy where he came through and prepped it up for Baker Boy. Yeah, he's like an indigenous artist who's oh, really? um yeah really big on the scene at the moment and yeah he's I'll really have to good. Check it out. Yeah, mm. check out the I think it's called Treaty Redux or something or yeah, Treaty cool. 2018. Yeah, we could definitely worth a listen. All right, we'll, we'll bang it in the show notes. That'd be sweet. I banged in Big Shack last week <laughs> for for your quick math. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. We've got to let these guys know. I was actually listening to the show and I thought about that at the time. I was like, I wonder if he actually did put those show I notes did. in. Mm. I did. But I didn't go look. Oh, well, so. it's there. Oh, cool. <laughs> now, talking of auctions, John, yeah. you before the show, you were telling me a really cool story about the genesis of 
auctioneering and how it all started. Oh, yep. That yep. was really fun. I'd like the listeners to hear that story because well, I liked it. This was told to me by um, a guy by the name of Philip Webb and he's um, they've got a, a quite a large agency based in Victoria. And I did a work week experience with them just okay. to have the just to see the differences in the way they work versus ours. Yep. Now, and what happened was that the, so the town cry was the auctioneer for the town, and they would as if there was an auction depending upon the goods. Yep. They would wander up the street, ringing the bell, and going, you know, just shouting out the different things. And then the, the town would just slowly flow out on the streets into the, the yeah, town yeah. square, and then boom, away the auction would go with the different um, things being sold. So kind of like the classic Monty Python skit of bring out, bring out your, your dead. dead. Yeah. So kind of like that, but instead of the dead, it was come on out. We're going to sell a property. Yeah. If you're interested, so they'd be yeah. He'd I'm going to start they'd, it off. They'd go from one end of the street right through, ringing the bell, bring yep. it, just letting people know that it's on. But they didn't have to. Which come I guess is the way of advertising it in the past. So say you don't clearly the internet doesn't exist, the print media is a lot difficult. So it's all right. How are we going to let the town know? Ring the bell. We're going to ring the bell. Ring we're going to head up and down the street, shake it about. Everyone knows it's fair, it's even, this, and it's, let's it's, get this thing it's, cracking. It's happening. Well, yep. and, and the other part too, Phil at the time, this is you know, going back probably 30 years, yep. um, he then brought that into um, Victoria. So then the idea for him was he was putting a house up for auction. So then he would start walking up and down the streets, ringing the bell, oh, okay. letting everyone know. And that, that ended up just becoming part of the, the culture in Victoria. Now, as far as best as I know, yep. with the um, auctioneers that I've worked with. Um, so that they'll have one of their guys just rolling down up and down the street 10 minutes before the auction. And going, just being like, yep. let it be known. Come on out. Yeah, let's Come go. Come on out. Oh, I dig it. It was Not really cool. Did. Yeah, so I, I, that was it was cool a little bit. So there's obviously a lot of conditions in uh, element of a, an auction. So generally speaking, the purchaser will need to do all the research beforehand. So that's why they'll have pre-building inspections because on the day you're buying it unconditional. There's two terms of contract. You've got in Victoria and New South Wales or rest of Australia, they're normally known as exchanged. In yep. Tasmania, it's Oh, conditional. So that's where sign a contract. It's been exchanged, or but it's got conditions. It's conditioned saying that it's got finance, etc. Building inspection after this, and if that doesn't come through, the contract can be cancelled. That's right. Whereas what you're describing for for auction, if you have been the highest bidder, it's it's an unconditional contract. Boom. And lockdown normally a ten percent deposit. That's it. We're moving on to settlement. If you're the top bidder, it's your place. And that's where um, it's exciting option for for a seller in that on the day if it goes, it's unconditional. That's it. You know, there's no waiting around for any terms to be to be changed. Yep. So there's there's a heap more than going into um, underquoting and all different areas about how do you price an auction in a house and all that kind of stuff. So that's we'll, a spin-off episode. Yeah, so that's we'll quickly shift on to um, what's a private treaty sale. So for us and now, you know, for our buyers in, and sellers in Tasmania, so 99% of the time you're going to go through a private treaty situation. Yep. So that's where then, um, like we described, is the agreement for sale of a property at a price negotiated directly between the vendor and purchaser or their agents. Yep. Um, so that's for everyone seeing that where they're looking at a property, it's got an advertised price. That'll mean you'll go to that house. The same private treaty applies if you are negotiating directly with an owner. It's just the process we're talking about here. On that then, um, what we can get into is to look at what are all the different modes of advertising prices? What do they mean? You know, how do you negotiate that? How do you navigate it? If, if you're looking at that price as a buyer, how do you, you know, what resources can you turn to? What do you do? How do you to decipher what that actually means from how, the outsider? Yeah, and what, what that might actually sell for. Because yep. that the big legislation changes came into New South Wales and Victorian 
um, again, the auction-driven states where there was the big problem around underquoting, where people were walking into a home, getting their hopes up, spending all this money, doing their building inspections and pest inspections, and then, you know... the Ah, the oh, then they're actually expecting it to be in a whole different price bracket that they yeah, couldn't attain. Exactly. So so there was, you know, underquoting was, you know, another way to look at it is bait advertising. It's like, oh, look, you know, if you've got 600 grand, you're going to be able to buy this place, knowing full well that it's going to sell at 850. Sure. So the poor purchaser's gone up there, not a hope in hell of even getting close to the... To, to the, the magic price. number that yeah. they need. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Are you still here, Pat? Sure am. <laughs> John was just on a roll. I didn't want to break him. I thought you had fallen asleep. Had you been at the gym this morning? <laughs> no, I was actually trying to get ready for the next part of his show, looking at his show notes. I wanted to have something to go for. Yeah. So. Well, well, the, the, well, then I think the, the interesting discussion will be because every agency and every owner um, are comfortable with uh, ways of approaching the selling process. Yeah. So, again, when we look at the process, we've chosen the process of private treaty. Okay. So then you choosing an advertised price. So then, okay, the advertised price has a, a huge effect then on how the property's marketed, where you go, who you're connecting with, and the negotiation style. So that's why this every different agency will engage a different approach because it might be the area that the property's in, it might be the agent, it might be the owner's wants and needs. Yep. So even then, that's why you've got all these bunch of different ways, which that's why it gets confusing. I've got no idea. I'm looking at some of these terms on our sheet and I'm like, I'd love to know the inside track on those. And I'm mm. sure the listeners would like to know the inside track on if it says offers over, ultimately, what does that mean? Or if it says offers around, one different word, but I'm sure it's got a massively different meaning. Mm. So do you guys want to go into diving deeper into those terms? Well, we cut to a break and we'll um, get stuck into it. Yep, sounds good. 414 Real Estate has been operating within the northern suburbs of Hobart since 2006. With their innovative approach to marketing and managing your property, they have all your property needs covered. Find out more by visiting them today at 414.com.au. Okie dokie, and we're back and we are discussing the terms used for advertising prices Patty's going to contribute in this section. <laughs> Get well, off your computer, Pat. Well, in the end... Like, uh, <laughs> I sure am going to contribute if John stops talking for me to get you got, it. You've got to cut in, man. You've got to cut in. Pat's just upset because he didn't come up with these <laughs> yeah, show notes. Yeah. I don't even know where I fit in this. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is a bartender? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like the little boat that comes off the back of the other boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so hit, no. me, hit me with it. Like f- fixed price, that yeah. one seems pretty simple. That's kind of boom, this is the number. Pay that and you got it. And don't negotiate with me or does it mean negotiate with well, me? Well, I did on the show notes, I did put the disclaimer that there is no fixed price in real estate. It always becomes a negotiation. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's cool. So when, what, what I mean by that is people will call up and go, I know you've got 300 on it, but what will the owner take? Yeah, 305. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, you'd <laughs> said that. I, mean, I got that from you, Pat. You're like, just with that particular guy, was it? You said, no, I have people that ask, will the owner get negotiate down? I'm like, nobody will always negotiate up. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, I just find it amusing now because it's what we do. But I mean, people ask and it's fair enough. Yeah. And often, you know, you can purchase property for mm. under the asking. But so another, you know, another point that people might say, well, that's, that's not true is, you know, you'll talk about bank valuations and insurance valuations. A sale valuation is very different. Ours isn't classified as a valuation. As a sales agent, what we're doing is, an, is a market price. Okay. okay. Yep. So we're assessing elements and it's important to phrase this because we're assessing points like where's the location of the home? How big is it? What are the comparable sales in the area? And trying to build a story that will map out, okay, by all these factors, we're looking at, you know, a fair expectation for your house might be 380 to 420,000. So a bit 
bit more like an educated guess. That's probably the best way to put it. <laughs> that's actually. how I tell people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's that's a good way to phrase <laughs> well, like, it. Let's, <laughs> yeah. Like, let's not sugarcoat it. We are researching and we do all our, our stats and our figures and we come up with, like you said, our story. But we're not qualified by any means. So no. it's really just an educated guess based on our understanding and our knowledge that we've learnt over time. Yeah, and we're, we're assessing the market. Where are the buyers at in this sort of price bracket for this home? And yep. I can tell you, like, I've got, man, I've got it wrong in the past and it's been insulting for some people. When I was first started, there was one guy I met up at a block of land and we went to, I went and did the appraisal. I asked a bunch of, I'd been trained correctly to ask a bunch of, pre, you know, some questions like, have you had it appraised before? Yep. Have you had any other agents up there give you advice before? Okay. And why did you pay for it? Have you made any improvements? And so to answer all those questions, he said, no, I haven't spoken with anyone. I haven't made any improvements. It's exactly the same it was when I bought it. And so based on that research that he gave me, I looked at it around and went, okay, well, it looks about, it's going to be about, I think it was at the time, 110. Yep. And, he, and he just lost his lid. He said, oh, that's bull crap. You know, oh, I had someone up here last week and he told me one. 40 and I've covered out all that land and I've changed all this and I've spent all this money. There's no, it's no way that it's worth 110. And he just he basically told me to leave the house with my tail between my Yeah, what else is it? Who are you, man? Oh, jeez. <laughs> 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 oh man, <it> was <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Stone the flame and crows. Oh, it was, it was brutal. But my educator guess was wrong. But you know? look, that's a learning yeah. experience for you as well. Yeah, so yeah, kind yeah. Of So everyone's looking at it from their own perspective. I'll say, look, there's the three prices to a property. There's the buyer's price, there's the agent's price, and the owner's price, and then there's a price agreed to. There's yep. the price itself. Well, I always that's think four, sorry. the house is worth what someone's prepared to pay and the owner's prepared to accept on it's any it, day. It's as simple as that. And that changes daily. Like yep. today, an owner's motivation might change till next week. So, mm. And it can go either way. It can go down and up depending on where they're at in their cycle and what they're looking to achieve. Yeah, absolutely. And also too, I mean, conditions of an offer have an effect. Is it an unconditional 30 days or is it subject to sale? Is it subject to finance? Is it subject to building? That has an effect too in your negotiation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. And as an outsider, that's something I had no idea about prior to buying or actually working in an office that negotiates real estate. Yeah. I was just like, you put an offer in, yours is the top dollar, you win. Mm. But working in the industry now, I'm just like, oh, there's so much more that goes into it. Like some might be accepted at a lower price because their conditions are better. Mm. And I was just like, oh, that makes no sense to me. Yeah, yep. But yeah. And sometimes the vendor just likes you more. Yeah, yeah. well, that's yeah. the other thing. Yep. It's, it's amazing Aaron working. Aaron got lucky because the vendor really liked him. Really? She met him at the photo shoot and... <laughs> Oh, that's kind of sweet. Oh, it's amazing. And yeah. we had really yeah. similar... She wanted you to have that. They'd, yeah. they'd worked in the that's Kimberley really as well. I'd worked in the Kimberley. We had really similar lives. Yep. And you could tell it was their family home. And I was just like, oh, I'd actually really love your home. This is exactly oh, what I'm looking for. That's and cool. Yeah, so for them it was almost that they were happy for the next owner to be yeah. a particular person. That's that's really... and that's Yeah, and I guess that's yeah. another thing. You think it's all big business and dollar-dollar bills, y'all. No, no. But it actually turned well, out... Well, I guess that it's, you know, I've heard it said before that now we, de we deal with people, not property, because it's it's people's relationships and lives that you're working with and just the, you know, the houses, the commodity in the middle that just happens to be a shifting of people's situations, you know. Some people are sadly going through divorce. Some people are upsizing because they've got kids. Some people are downsizing because their kids are gone, you know. Yeah. And the property is just in the middle. And then your situation's classic because it's not, if let's just say price was 300000 they might not have paid that because they were like, well, because Aaron's situation, he couldn't quite afford that much, but I really want him to have it. Yeah, exactly. You know? So, okay. yeah, we'll make that yeah. work in whatever way we can. Yeah. And then ultimately after, the, it has nothing to do with the sale price, but when it was time for them to move, they were up in Devonport, I was down here, and they're like, oh, we can't get a truck or we can't get a um, trolley to move stuff. I was like, oh, I've got a trolley. 
Because Pat's like, oh, they're having trouble with the trolley. I'm like, I'll take the trolley around. That's fine. So ultimately the relationship, which not every buyer has the no, opportunity no. to do, do things yeah. like this, but my situation working in the industry, yeah. it helped. Yeah, him and the two girls went up and packed the house up for the owner. Ah, oh, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> and, well, I tell you. Like and the list they left for, like, we've got this plan in the backyard, we've got this, this is what we recommend leaving the gas hot water on. When you're doing the dishes, this is the best way to go about it. <laughs> this oh, handwritten great. note, yeah. and it was amazing. Anti-clockwise yeah. on the dishes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's, 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 it's not always the case because uh, it's true when uh, my dad told me years ago, it's like sometimes you've got to keep the buyer and the seller apart so you can keep the deal together. Mm. Yeah, um, and look, I can totally yeah, see so. that from yeah. from the outside of looking at some of the sales that go through the offices. Mm. I'm like, oh, that guy's let's just please a don't, if, if they ever meet, there'd be a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas this yeah. was a situation where it did work out and it was advantageous. And I guess you guys are saying you're in the people business as much as the property business. Mm. It did work out in this situation that yep, yeah, this works. Well, I, I really I really like that point of phrase, Pat. Like educated guess. I think that's a lot of truth to it. You know. Well, just to finish up on that fixed price. Generally speaking, if you just pay the price you'll get the property well i'm going to take offers over because it's mm. probably my most used one in the marketplace at the moment so for me offers over is very useful when the market's busy so it's when agents potentially are struggling to keep up with how fast prices are moving because yep. purchasers are paying more for properties than technically what we thought they might be worth yeah yep. so offers over it's as exactly as it says so we might put offers over 320 it means that the owner will consider any offer over 320 it doesn't mm. mean that he will accept 320 on on the nose but he might say 32500 or it might be 340 for instance like it's a price over that it's just to give a buyer an idea of where they have to be able to be to have a chance of purchasing the property and a good thing on that too remember you might say 325 but if your offer has a multitude of conditions that might not actually be acceptable however um, so it's written into the law is that if you've got an offers over price or any fixed price advertising price and you submit an unconditional offer so no conditions so let's just say it was offers over 320 and someone submitted an offer of you know unconditional 325 and the owner rejects that you have to readjust the asking price to offers over 325 oh cool yeah yeah so where people might have experienced that look oh but offered 340 and they rejected it well what were your conditions yep all right moving on buyer inquirers range okay that was invented by a guy by the name of david pilling back in the 90s you do a price of let's say the house is worth i'm going to do some easy numbers 500 grand yep. at the time he suggested you do an, uh, a range of uh, plus or minus 20 percent. now that's way too out there you know because you've got like would be thousand dollar range yeah yeah <laughs> well so and that um and then so then it'd be buyer inquiry range of say 450 to 550 which people with some agencies that still roll with that I and mean, some people are very confused and they should be you know it's it's very very vague where so the what sort of range would you suggest John. Whenever we've used it in the past, we've always sort of worked out to any more than plus or minus 5%. Work within that, I would say. I work in $20,000 ranges. $20,000 ranges? Most of my properties are in that sort of, you know, three to three hundred to $500,000 range. So 20 to $30,000 range is normally sufficient. Yeah, that makes sense. So is that just based on because your prices are around that, 20000 is a reasonable one? Yeah. Say you're working in the million dollar range. Might not be. $100,000. Yeah. Well, 20 grand's not enough as, yeah. as a flexibility. Yeah. And that's why John talks about percentages. Another thing on buyer inquiry range, I might suggest to people is like, what the hell does that mean? And that's when I'll say, look, properties in this area like this have been selling between that and that. Yep. So that's about where we think the property is. You know, what interest do you have? Yeah, um, for sure. And another thing too might be worth pointing out is that we're really talking about a one-on-one negotiation here. In a multiple offer situation, that's a whole other ball game. And sometimes the advertised price can just get blown out of the water. 
But three um, to go, J-Mac. What's next? So expressions of interest. Okay, um, expressions of interest, well, people would have seen that is that there's you'll have a, often a time frame, expressions of interest closing on a certain date. Yep. Um, so with that, then the owner's just inviting interest. They might have an idea of what might want for the property and we'll often encourage this process if – so it's an alternative to an auction. Yep. So an auction will be you'll have a set date and then you know, you'll know you invite an interest, get feedback from purchasers, set a an appropriate reserve price. So if all the interest on a property might be coming at 500 480 520 might say, okay, Mr. And Mrs. Vendor, let's set our reserve price at 500. And that seems to be where the market is and go to auction. In expressions of interest, you try and do the same. Like it could be a very, very unique property that has no comparables in the area. Yep. There's nothing to. I was going to ask, on. is that when you would recommend using it? Yeah. Because yep. I find this one really confusing when I see it, especially prior to buying. I was like, why aren't they giving me a clue what they're after? Like, what if I come in and offer something so lowball that it's crazy? Or if I overshoot it by a mile, Mm. And then I'm an idiot. It's it's yeah. Look, it's a really hard one. So to give you an example of an auction, we did one. At, it was a prospect house in Moona. That were like that was built in 1850. It's one of those original houses in the area. Yep. Like they're just very sparse. So we took that auction because there was just no nothing to compare it to, right? An alternative, if we didn't go to auction, I would have suggested to the client, guys, um, let's do expressions of interest because I have no idea what this house is worth, and nor could a bank tell us either. Sure. Um, so then what you do is over the course of the four weeks, you might say, look, we've had 30 buyers through. We've got a few offers at this range. Where should we set our expectation and or should we proceed with any of these offers yeah it's one of those when i've seen it in the yeah. newspaper i was just like oh no what idea the hell yeah what's going so, on here so if, if you are inquiring what a good thing to do as a buyer is to call up the agency and say hey does the owner have any expectations no do you have a price guide on the property have you based this on any comparables in the area so even just use the agent as so a, as as a buyer yep. call you or call pat or call whoever's property it is and just be like can i have an idea yeah exactly and yep. it be, ask specific questions because do you have an idea no it was only go to just try and dig a little bit deeper yep. and if they don't have anything it's probably because the owner's expectations are way too high i don't okay. know yeah. General rule of thumb, anyway. Yeah, that's good advice. Right. Last one, buy tender. Buy tender. Well, that's again. That's the little boat we were yeah, talking so about. Yeah, so that's so you, you, diversity. An you old, old wooden ship. <laughs> <laughs> it, well, that's a, almost a. It's not a silent auction. It's you've got a date and you just express your interest in a, in a sealed envelope. So I think so. With with all those price guides, like I said, you can tell that all of them are a series of negotiation, and that's where you're doing your research to try and set what an expectation is going to be. Because basically, that's what the owner on the exclusively have tried to do. They've just based an expectation based on the information they have, yep. and then they've set an asking price accordingly. Now I know we're way over time, but there are a couple of websites as well you can use to research that, John. For from a buyer's perspective, are you oh. aware of those? Which um which one do you think? Uh, so RP Data has oh, yeah. actually a public side for people to be able to go to that their website open up their public i think it's myrpdata.com oh yeah my rp i'll find it and put it in the show notes my house value or something as well yeah so you can type in the address of the property you might be interested in buying Mm. pay 29.95 it'll give you a report and it'll give you a starting point to get a little bit of information of where you should potentially be with an offer yeah definitely i think the the major portals now are actually really good at you they've click, got those little you, you infographics click, and things yeah. well so. uh, you click on a property then often they'll just have like f- immediately at the base like three recent sales comparable to this one as well yep. so i mean there's there's a heck of a lot of information i think half the time the confusion comes is trying to build that into a you know story that's helpful even the real estate institute's got one rit.com.au you can download the big trend reports over the last 20 years that's really good i for can't them. even understand those though oh really 
No, it's simple. <laughs> me, me, median price. Um, um, oh, no, we won't go into detail. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, this this opens up. You never know which door this is. going to I just be. love that the mm. episode John prepped is the one that's run the longest. <laughs> we always know John is. <laughs> just you're, you're in for a treat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'll see how much I can edit this down and get it to a uh, an easy listening level. But it's been really fun, John. Thanks for. Uh, Stepping up yeah, to the cool. plate. And, and, and we might even have to revisit it and just, just like a bam. Yeah, I, I definitely think there's way, way more stuff we can uh, delve into just in, in half of those little things. Yeah, yeah. So uh, thanks for putting that together. Thanks for having a little snooze early on. Hey, Pat. I was busily researching on my computer to try prep for the next section. Cool. Um, I didn't have my own secret pile of notes. No, very <laughs> true, very true. Uh, well, boys? Well, there's one thing I... Which, which <laughs> oh, so close. <laughs> <laughs> just as a prephrase, this would be something for us for next time, though, is that there are different kinds of agents you can use, buyer's agents, seller's agents, relocation agents, that hopefully we'll be getting into next time. Well, let's yeah, let's put mm. them definitely in a future episode because uh, time's running out and my coffee is yeah. empty. Sorry about that, gentlemen. No dramas. <laughs> Beautiful. It was lots of fun. I actually really enjoyed today. Thanks for that, um, John. Cool. Thank you very much, J-Mac. Appreciate you doing some work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just going to put it out there. It is what that it is. That came out way yeah. better than it meant to. <laughs> <laughs> next uh, next yeah, week, yeah, next real week, John will be yeah. back. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking yeah. about again? He'll, he'll be late and his, uh, his tie will be loose and yeah, forgot his belt. <laughs> Hasn't been to the gym. <laughs> Hasn't been to the gym. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Drink right. a Red Bull. <laughs> All right, guys. we got to go. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> and now for a legal disclaimer. You have been listening to The Property Pod, produced and edited by 414 Media House in conjunction with 414 Real Estate and McGregor First National Propriety Limited. This podcast is general information only and the thoughts and views expressed is the opinion of our panel and listeners should always seek then use their own investigation into any topic we discuss to ensure they fully understand their own situation. It does not constitute and should not be relied on as purchasing, selling, financial or investment advice or recommendations expressed or implied and it should not be used as an invitation to take up any agent or investment services. No investment decision or activity should be undertaken on the basis of this information.